Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Over the last few weeks, we've been uh, unpacking and exploring who we are as a church and the things that we want to give attention to and the things that help us work, live and serve as the Horsham Church of Christ. We've been trying to do that uh, not over the last few weeks but over the last few years, seeking to create a healthy framework for who we are and how that's expressed in our community. I've got a pretty simple kind of statement that reflects our vision and our hope for our community, to be transforming our community in the name of Jesus. It's a simple statement, it's not simple to live out, to see happen all the time. We want to do this uh, based on the commandment, the instruction that Jesus first gave to us, uh, to his early disciples, a new command that I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Which is always really easy and interesting when we read it in the English text and we miss a lot of the nuances in the, uh, even the Greek, the Aramaic text and language. Um, and if you've got Bibles open and new version open, you can do a whole lot of research on it later. But it's also important to recognise this, is, this isn't just about... Uh, let me take a step back. It's important to recognise that this is about who we are long before it is about what we do. Because we spend a lot of time thinking about what we do. We spend a lot of time thinking about um, how our lives are full and talking about what we do. But the greatest gift, the greatest joy, the greatest freedom we have is when we know and live out of who we are in Jesus that we are loved by him first and it changes our whole perspective takes some time to change some of our practices incidentally but it can change our whole perspective gives us a whole new lens to work through and think about See, we want to live out of the love of Jesus. We want to follow him in every way. We, that's, our, that's our encouragement. We don't want to be, in, we're not embarrassed about that. We're not ashamed about that. But in everything, holding nothing back, where everything comes under the authority of Jesus. And what we hope is that I live, as I live this way, my life is transformed. And what we hope is that as my life is being transformed and becoming more like Jesus and, and who Jesus calls me to be, others see the change, the transformation taking place and, and they want to explore and discover and engage in conversations. And that can take a long time. Some people might be able to have a conversation about who I am in Jesus and it could be a seven-minute you know, kind of conversation. We've met them three minutes ago and within 10 minutes we're having a conversation about Jesus and for other relationships it could be a, a 5, 10, 20-year conversation. But it's recognising that transformation happens when we understand and live out of this idea that Jesus is for you, he's for me and he's for us. Jesus is for those who don't yet know who he is and have perhaps even dismissed him. Jesus is for them. You know that annoying colleague at work? Jesus is for them. 
You know that grumpy neighbour down the street that makes your life hard? Jesus is for them. He is the model and the example of what it is to be fully alive. So our values out of our vision inform and shape our relationships, our ministries, our workplaces, our families and our neighbourhoods. See, being in relationship with Jesus is an invitation, is a call, is a reminder to be in relationship with one another. We, sometimes we, I've heard, been in conversation, you might have been in conversation with people that um, everything that is... God and uh, really focused on their relationship with God and then you talk about how that's being expressed in relationship with other people and there's just no response, there's no life, there's no energy. And that kind of leaves me questioning what this relationship with God looks like a little bit really. At the same time we can spend so much time and energy around people and, and helping people and serving people that we actually leave God out of the conversation. We leave God out of the way that we respond and act. And so we're invited into relationship. So over the last few weeks, uh, as the Horsham Church of Christ, a couple of weeks ago, we explore what it looks like to be present. How have you been going with your scripture reading or setting aside five or ten minutes of your day just to, just to sit quietly and allow the thoughts to come in and go out and surrender them again to God? I set a challenge, maybe it's something you're not used to, maybe it's something you are used to, but set five minutes aside a day, just quietly. Put a timer on the phone and then put it on Do Not Disturb and just sit with God and every thought that comes through, surrender it to God. Or our scripture reading and how we spend time with God, how we reflect on that and how we uh, are present with one another and listening for the stories of others. Last week we spoke about being authentic, that is to be in a, in a relationship that isn't about being right or wrong but uh, uh, hearing the stories of people, understanding uh, who we are in God and living that out and expressing that out in a, in a way that is meaningful and life-changing, being authentic in our faith. Understanding that there's ups and downs, there's struggles, there's wrestles. And the invitation was, what do we need to surrender so that we can be more authentic in our faith and in our relationships? And today we want to look at what it looks like to be a people of courage. And somebody already has gone, oh, I'm, not, I'm not very courageous. So just stay with me and hold here, okay? Just hang with me. See, we often define courage, I guess, by the significant acts. The acts that are recognised, the acts that are reported and celebrated. Soldiers are courageous. We're told every football season that there's great acts of courage on the football field. People who uh, have struggled with mental health and overcome that and tell their story and start a movement, they're courageous people. The women who have stood up and um, spoken against the abuses in the film industry and in churches and the children who have spoken up and the Me Too movement that's come out of some of those, kind of, those conversations. They're courageous people. See, courage also, always seems to get aligned with this great final act, if you like, that can be seen, that can be recognised. But I want to suggest to you that our... That, those final acts are outcomes of many smaller decisions of courage 
as people have seen and believed that there must be more and there needs to be more, that what is, is no longer satisfying and I need to step into what could be or what I hope to be. See, courage requires faith and even as I prepare this message, there's a great sense where courage and faith mesh really strongly together and perhaps even interchangeable. It's a belief in something, someone beyond ourselves and a willingness to explore and discover what we don't yet know. I want to explore today different expressions um, and some of you will be disappointed because we might not get in deep, we might not get in uh, as, as overwhelming in the water to play with, if you like, as deeply as you'd like to, but I'd encourage you to go home and um, explore it further. These are by no means the only expressions of the courage of Jesus that is an incomplete list. Uh, these are the kind of thoughts that came to me uh, as I was thinking about this how to best communicate this. But my hope is that there would be an expression that will speak into your life, that will encourage you, that will awaken you. Uh, If you're a follower of Jesus and have been for a long time, who is your times one that you could be sharing? Who's your times one that you could be talking with about what courage is needed in your life? Who is the times one that would be a courageous act to, or a movement making small decisions towards sharing your faith with? If you're new amongst us and if you're first time, if you're discovering who Jesus is, you might not even be sure about who this Jesus is and not even sure if you want to take it any further, then I really believe that today you could still encounter um, some insight and some revelation that can encourage you in your life. And we hope that you take it and chew on it and feast on it and enjoy it. Um, we've, we're going to be playing in Mark for most of these. Um, so Mark chapter 1 right through to 15 in various ways. It's on the version event as well. Um, so I'm going to start in Mark chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. At once the Spirit sent him, that is Jesus, out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan, and it was with the wild animals and angels attended him. Sometimes we're led into strange places and difficult circumstances that we don't quite fully understand. And in those strange places, in those uncertain places, those moments where we hang tough, those moments where we choose who we want to be, So Jesus was led into the wilderness directly after he was baptised and at which point we're told that the heavens opened, depending on which gospel you read, the heavens opened, um, a dove descended upon him and a voice came and he says, the voice says, God says, um, you are my son, with you I am well pleased. And sometimes when we go through difficult circumstances, that's the very phrase, that's the very uh, definition, that's the very truth that we begin to doubt. And if you read through the other Gospels, um, the enemy keeps saying to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, if this is true, and Jesus just says, I know what's true, my Father is enough. In the midst of difficult circumstances, courage might simply be saying Christ is enough and I am his child. Because it's in the midst of difficult circumstances where we lose sight of that. 
See, following Jesus doesn't remove difficult circumstances, does it? We all know that, don't we? Just hands up anyone who's had a solely easy life. No one. And sometimes it feels like it gets worse when we follow Jesus, yeah? Yeah. Courage might actually be about hanging tough through difficult circumstances and saying, you know what? This is tough and this might be greater than anything that I've ever experienced before, but I know, I know, I know who I am and I will choose to declare Christ is enough. Courage allows us to walk through difficult circumstances. In Mark chapter 2, verses 15 uh, to 18, while Jesus, uh, Jesus had just walked, been walking around the countryside, as he does, you see that a lot in the Gospels, Jesus went wandering around the countryside, um, and he sees Levi, a tax collector, and he says to Levi, come follow me, and Levi says, oh, come and have a dinner. So Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house. Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Courage will lead us at times to be in conversation with unexpected people. We might have people come across our path that we never thought we'd have a relationship. You know those weird people? You know those Collingwood supporters? I don't, know, I don't know who's weird to you. A relationship, a conversation, an experience that might be outside the norm, outside the rules and the regulations that you've been told, outside of the acceptable bounds of what it is to be normal, whatever that is. This always rattles my cage when I read these words. We can, I think as Christians, particularly if we're followers of Jesus, we, just, we get into a rhythm, we get into a groove and, and it's, got some, it's got some benefits about it, but it also becomes, we place this sense of expectation about how other people should be living or, or what they should be doing. And I've spoken before about, about growing up, you, know, you never walked into a pub as a follower of Jesus because it was poor imagery. Bad perception. I st- you know, when, if I go into a pub now for a bistro meal, I, s- I feel like everyone looks around and says, he doesn't belong here. I wonder if anyone feels like that when they come into a church. Courage leads us to unexpected places, I think. In Mark chapter 8, verse 34... Then Jesus calls the crowd to him along with his disciples and he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. This might be the toughest one that we ever have to come to terms with. Courage requires surrender. Or surrender is courage. You know, there are times where we've got to fight what we believe in. We've got to fight and push through and overcome obstacles and to achieve great things and there might be other times where we've got to actually come before the heart of the Father knowing that Christ is enough and saying, what do I need to surrender here? What am I holding on to that's not of you? 
what am, what am I making more about me than I'm making more about the person of Jesus? Why am I getting so wound up about this when have I lost sight of who Jesus is? So courage might actually be saying, you know what, oh, I'm, I don't know what your examples are. <laughs> I went blank. Courage is surrender. Courage is sacrifice. Small ways, large ways. And you already know what's gone through your head at the moment. What is something that you're demanding that might not be of God? What is something that you think is unfair and unjust that might not be of God? You just feel personally offended somehow. Jesus is again wandering around the countryside. He's moving between a couple of cities uh, with his disciples and the great crowd that follow him. And there's a blind man called Bartimaeus on the side of the road in Mark chapter 10, verse 47. When Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus, son of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what that would be like? actually be sitting somewhere and have the audacity if you like to simply call on the name of Jesus regardless of what anyone else thinks and Jesus actually stops the crowd and says call him can you imagine what that would do for your spirit and maybe you need to know today that Jesus calls you now I don't know I don't know what you're struggle is i don't know what your heartache is i don't know what your sin is i don't and i don't need to know i don't i don't understand maybe what you're going through but maybe it's today that jesus is calling you and and so they called the blind man cheer up on your feet and he's calling you now what you if you read that on the blind man he jumps up i don't know actually how possible that is i've never experienced it but have you ever tried closing your i didn't try this no, I won't do it now. Um, but sit down, close your eyes and try jumping up. I don't imagine that would be that easy. Not only does he jump up, but he throws off his cloak. He throws off what he's carried. I just think it's an interesting kind of nuance that he throws it off. Expectation coming with Jesus. Maybe the sense of calling on Jesus is that you're the person who actually needs to call out the things of Jesus in circumstances and in workplace. You need to be the person who keeps declaring the name of Jesus, regardless of what everyone else around you is saying. You need to be the person in your neighborhood. You need to be the person in your workplace. You need to be the person in your family. You, you're the person that keeps saying Christ is enough. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. You're the person who makes that declaration for your family, for your friends, for your colleagues. You're the person who keeps saying that for the refugees, for the homeless, for the poverty, for the indigenous community, for other circumstances, for the, um, uh, the youth who are caught up in crime. You're the person who says, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on us. You could be that voice. When everyone else tells you to shh, 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 you could be that voice. And that will require courage. 
the belief in something, someone beyond yourself. In Mark chapter 15, and this is actually where I started, this is a text that first came to me. Mark chapter 15, as Jesus on his cross, on the cross, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Can you imagine how much courage, how much kind of perspective you've had changed to be the person who may have contributed to putting the nails through the person of Jesus? And then you've got the humility, you've got the courage to make small, be watching this along the way and be having your heart, your mind, your spirit shifted and you get to that point where you can look the man that you've just crucified and you can look up at him and say, my Lord and my God. See, sometimes courage might be actually a change of perspective, a change of attitude. And it's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know how well... I don't know if the centurion kept his job. I don't know if other people started mocking him because you know, I don't know how loudly he said it. Centurions weren't well known for being followers of Jesus. See, part of the struggle, and like, oh, no, let me. So, so we see Jesus and others through a different perspective. And sometimes when we hear about courage, we think it's successful, we think it's bold, we think it's dashing, we think it's daring, we think it's invincible. This is what courage looks like. <clears throat> Some face jeers and flogging and even cheers, chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning, they were sawed in two, they were killed by the sword, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, they were destitute, they were persecuted, they were mistreated. The world was not worthy of him. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Courage does not always mean things going smoothly. Courage does not always mean we'll have friends cheer us on. <laughs> See, courage, friends, isn't about disproving ourselves, but discovering God's love that goes with us and before us. Last week we heard of Margaret, who, and again, we look at this and it's an amazing story. You think, man, that's incredible courage. Margaret, who's... Uh, just given a life to following Jesus and she's now going to Nagashot, did I get that right, um, in South Sudan, not even Google Maps knows how to get there. Uh, that, that's some kind of courage right there, isn't it? You know, here's some other examples of people who I've seen make some courageous decisions along the way and be people of courage. The young women who have sat in my office and told me that they were pregnant and they didn't know what they were going to do next. That's some kind of courage. And then told their parents. The teenagers who have spoken about their struggles with their own sexuality and what that looks like and how that gets expressed. The men who have confessed their use of pornography. The friends who I've seen who have changed careers because and homes and cities because... They've had a sense that God is stirring something new in them. The friends who have endured years of mental illness. 
those who have a desire to be married but choose to be content in, an, in being single for whatever this time is. The decision to move as much as the decision to stay. The marriages that I've seen that have endured incredible hardship and yet have seen incredible healing too because people decided to stick it out and fight for it and the decisions they made along the way. The parents who are raising children with special needs, the families who are choosing to foster and permanently care for children, the people who have spoken up for the lonely, the outcast or the oppressed, the people who have continued to have faith despite years of unexplainable struggle and hardship and seeming injustice, just one slap down after another and yet they continue to say, Christ is enough. The people who care for their elderly loved ones in various expressions, the faithful followers of Jesus, even when the family and friends and their colleagues say, you've got to be kidding. See, we all carry courage, (laughs) small and large. And if we work backwards from those decisions, we would realise that courage is taking small steps towards a greater purpose that is not yet seen or fulfilled. Courage isn't the final act courage is the decisions that we've made as we've stood here and we've gone no this isn't it no I don't have to live like this no I can't keep I don't want to keep making that decision yes I want to move towards being a different person or changing the way my family works. Start, that's, that's, to realise that for ourselves is a, is a momentous act, an act that nobody sees, nobody hears often, but shifts everything in here, doesn't it? Courage is taking small steps towards a greater purpose that is not yet seen or fulfilled. And there's always uncertainty and we rarely know how people respond or the outcome out of it. But we know that there is something to pursue because we've been called beyond our own comfort or security. Anything that calls us beyond our own comfort or security. Anything that's going to demand that we actually stop long enough to say, you know what, Jesus, I don't know. But I feel like you're stirring something and I want to trust you. I I don't know, Jesus, this seems really hard. And I'm not really sure about what this is going to cost me. But I choose to surrender to you. You know what, Jesus, I'm not sure how I'm going to speak about this with my wife, with my husband, with my family. I'm I'm not sure what this is going to look like. I'm not sure how this is going to finish. I'm not sure how well it's going to go. I need to trust in you. I need to know and I want to confess that you will be enough regardless of what happens nobody sees those decisions do they and yet they're the small acts of courage along the way because it's an expression of the heart courage requires our presence into the promises and the blessings and the identity of God and it requires a willingness to be authentic about who we are and how we might have wandered outside the will of the Father and the promise of the Father. But it also is a reminder of what makes community so important. 
Because in community, whether that's in worship, in this gathering, in our home life, in our prayer gatherings, in our life groups, in shared meals, in coffees, in ringing someone up and saying, hey, can I catch up and talk to you? That's what makes community important. Because often in these courageous decisions, we've got so much spinning around in our head and our hearts. We don't know which way's up, which way's down. And we feel overwhelmed with guilt and condemnation and shame. We feel like we've done the wrong thing. We feel like we've wasted a whole lot of time. And we just need every now... Well, most times, all the time, we're in that. We need community who will gather around us, remind us, you are God's son, you are God's daughter, with whom he is well pleased. Let's go. And in community, courageous community, we share our story. In courageous community, we're upfront and we're honest about where we're at and what's happening for us and where we need support and encouragement and how we can be praying into things. In courageous community, we pray for one another. In courageous community, others will, will need to hear and receive others declaring the hope and the love, even if we don't see it, can't believe it for ourselves. In that very moment, And I've been in dark places where I've had other people tell me how wonderful I am and I'm a child of God, I'm creating His image, we love you Simon. And I've walked out of those conversations and I've thought in my head and my spirit, what a load of twaddle. Every now and then we need other people to speak truth into us that we can't see for ourselves and have just forgotten for a while. Courageous community gives permission to check our hearts and our motivation. We allow other people to examine why we're doing what we're doing. In courageous community, we cry in uncertainty and in failure and we laugh and cheer in success. What's the one courageous step that you are taking? What's the one courageous step you might need to take? And you might have something in mind and it's too big or there's something stirring, but what's that one small step that you can take? If you knew, and if you, even if you weren't completely sure, but if you were willing today, tomorrow and the days after to believe that Jesus is actually for you, what's one movement, one step that you can move towards? See, I think courage is an invitation to trust in Jesus, knowing that he's gone before us. And when we know that Jesus is for you, for me, for us, we discover lives being transformed. Father, we want to uh, come before you and we want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you for how you see us. Forgive us, Father, because we forget. We forget every now and then. And there are people sitting here today that are struggling, that are overwhelmed, that are afraid. Father, I pray that we would have the courage to surrender to you, to confess to you, to declare to you, to ask others to gather around us, with us, to stand with us, to pray with us, to cry with us, to laugh with us. And we know that Christ is enough. May we declare 
and believe above all else, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the ways that we can or can't see, that we would know Christ is enough. Holy Spirit, continue to minister beyond this moment, beyond this day. May we have the courage to trust you above all else, before all else. Amen.